I am your hope. I am your healer, your deliverer, your defender, your shield. Some of you aren't saying it loud enough, so I'm just going to keep asking questions. Okay? We're going to sing about Jesus. If you weren't here last week for worship, God did something new. God did something different. And he's going to do it again. You and I are going to enter into the presence of the Lord. Not meekly. Not weakly. Not scared. Not frightened. But we're going to enter with boldness because we know who we are in Christ. What he's done, what he's provided, who he has made you and I to be. Sons and daughters of the Most High. Heirs to Almighty God is who he has made us. So we're going to act like it. We're going to sing like it. We're going to rejoice like it. Amen? Amen? Amen! Amen!
the Lord and let Jesus rise. Let Jesus rise. Let Jesus rise. Lift high the Lord and let Jesus rise. Let Jesus rise. Let Jesus rise. Lift high the Lord. Let Jesus rise. Lift high the Lord. Lift high the Lord. Lift high the Lord, let Jesus rise. Come on, let Jesus rise, let Jesus rise. By the Lord, let Jesus rise. Jesus rise, let Jesus rise. Lift high the Lord, let Jesus rise. right now in this hour and one that I listened to especially bore witness with my spirit and they were talking about you know Jericho the Jericho march you know what did they do before those walls came down they shouted onto the Lord see and that that's the difference we need to learn when to shout not to shout yeah. when to be quiet you know when to let loose and where we're at right now in this whole election process is we need to shout yes. and and really express to to God, you know, that we're thankful that we have the victory. 
You know, too many people are waiting for the election results to shout then. He's going to have four more years, and then people are going to be all giddy about it. But true believers, the remnant church, is calls those things to be not as though they were. That's what faith is, is believing for the impossible. So that's why we need to sing that again and, and really shout. Amen? Amen?
wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and dark places. Our fight is not in the natural. Our fight is in the spirit. Him to come. 
So let your fire fall down And let your glory shine around Let your spirit dwell in us In this place Fill us, Lord Fill this God's not hard of hearing, you know. 
Well, he's not nervous either. <laughs> and so there are times to shout. Then there's times you have to learn to refrain. And when I got up this morning, and this is the <laughs> came up in this spirit, this song. So we're going to sit here and we're going to sing this this last song. Amen. From our hearts. have passed away your love has stayed the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone the things that we thought your song to shine on darkest night all that you've done we will pour out on love this will be our anthem song oh, Jesus we love How we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. first, Caleb. Hopeless have found their hope. The orphans now have a home. All that was lost. Found its place in you. And you lift our weary head. You make us strong instead. You took these rags and you made us beautiful. All that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be around for song. Jesus, we love you. 
Jesus, I love you. And you are the one that my heart adores. You. We honor you. Spirit of God, we honor you this morning and welcome you. We love you. Say, I love Jesus with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I've been talking to you about the things that I've learned this year. Number one was that we need to store up the things that are vital. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and the word of God. Number two, in order to stir up love and good works, we need to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. We need to be together for strength and encouragement. The third thing I've learned this year, and, and most of you know I had a scripture this year that's been my scripture for the whole year, and it's in Psalm 46. It says, be still and know that I am God. The third thing I've learned this year is the value of being still. Because we get so busy. Even when I sit still, my mind will. And we have to make a conscious effort. Because it's very difficult to hear God in the busyness. In the activity. And we all have things we have to do. But so many times at Christmas, we get so busy doing good things that we overlook the vital thing. I can find 500 nice things to do every day, but nice isn't even a word in the scriptures. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, Jesus this was Jesus. It says, now as it happened, as they went that, as they went that, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with many nice things, much serving, it says. And she approached him. And said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Do not let all the busyness, all the, even if it seems nice, the time that you spend alone with God. Because he can help you find what's really necessary as compared to what just feels good. She spent time with Jesus. 
we have endeavored this year. This year has eliminated a lot of busyness in our lives. And it's a good thing. I think we need to celebrate the birth of Christ. I think we need to be generous with our families. But there's one thing that's vital. We need to make sure that we take time just to be with Jesus. Next week will be our Christmas service at 10 a.m. It's going to be just about Jesus. So come with your hearts prepared for that. It's going to be just about Jesus. But take time. Take time yourself just to be with Jesus. Just to not talk all the time, but to listen. To listen down here and to find that peace of God. This morning we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hands. The ushers will get you an envelope while they are doing that. Like I said, next week at 10 a.m. is our Christmas service. It's for the whole family. So it won't be terribly long. Uh, So your family will be in here with you. It needs to be a time that we can be together as families. Then also in that that afternoon, next Sunday, is our women's self-defense class. It's full. But I think last week I said it was from 1 to 4. It's from 1 to 5. It's $75 each. Make the church check if you have it out to Harvest Church and give it to me or Micah, and we give him one check for the whole thing. So um, I encourage you to make sure if you're signed up for that, participate in that. Don't overlook that. And I again encourage you take time. Be still. It says, "Be still and know that I am God, because I will be exalted in the nations and I'll be exalted on the earth." One of the things that I listened to, and I think it was um, Pastor Hank recently um, was talking with Mario Morello and Lance, maybe he was involved with that. And it was very encouraging. And he said basically this. The question was asked, Pastor Hank, what about the pastors and the people that for some reason, just didn't see God moving in Trump's life in this election and and went the other direction. And he said, well, you need to repent. And God's a God of mercy. But he says, you're going to have to stand before your people and be honest and truthful with them about the stand that you took that you shouldn't have. And he says, you can't be afraid. And so many, so many pastors, and I get it because I've been a pastor for 35 plus years. In the early years, it's hard because you look at faces. And some of those faces you can just tell. And you can be afraid of, of, of men and women. It took me a while, and I was insecure. I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid of God. I fear my Lord and King. And, and if he tells me what to do and what to say, I'm going to do it. And I've done it through the years. And, 
and sometimes to suffer the consequences of it. But you're a good people. There's a good remnant. And I said all this to say this. And Pastor Hank said, there will be a, I'm sure it was Hank. Maybe it's Tracy Cook. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Hank. Said there will be a special blessing for the remnant church. There will be a special blessing blessing for pastors and, and believers that got behind President Trump in this election and prayed and sought the face of God and cried out. This church has done that. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You better expect God's blessing. It next year is going to be not that we're going to have. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have fights and skirmishes. It's just the way it's going to be. But we are victorious through Jesus Christ. And he's promised us the victory. So next year, you're going to see some exciting things. Amen. Now, uh, we're closing down our series. In fact, we'll be done next week. And I started last week on miracles, the subject of miracles. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And then next week, we're going to talk about uh, the virgin birth. That was miraculous. Amen. So, but let me go through here quick and review. And, and we said the purpose all year has been to, to show us that we're in a new season that we need to prepare spiritually and in the natural. We're going to have to leave our comfort zone. There's going to be a separation occur in the world and in the church. It's going to require courage and obedience. And then we said, number six, you're going to, all of us are going to have to, and we sang about it today, it was all about Jesus. In the days ahead, it's not about How big your church is. It's not about how many programs you have. The good deeds that you do. It's all centered around Jesus Christ. Bottom line. And if we'll do that. If you'll do that as your family. And make Jesus first. And welcome the Holy Spirit into your family. And in your home. You'll see God move. You'll see miracles. I believe it with all my heart. So we have to have an expectation. Say, I expect a miracle. Didn't Oral say that? Expect a miracle. Miracle defined as an event or action that apparently contradicts known scientific laws and hence thought to be due to supernatural causes to be an act of God. We said a miracle is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A temporary suspension of the accustomed order and interruption of the system of nature as we know it operated by the force of the spirit. And that force is called dunamis power in the Greek and it refers to explosive dynamic power. That's where we get the word dynamite. Amen. So we as Christians, we should be dynamic people. Then we looked at the word in 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 the Hebrew. And it means to perform a miracle, a marvel, a wonder, or a supernatural deed. Something beyond the human ability to grasp or achieve. In Habakkuk 1.5 it says, look and be amazed. You will be astounded at what I'm about to do. That's where we're at right now. 
For I'm going to do something in your own lifetime that you'll have to see to believe. And then Isaiah 29, 14. Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among the people. A marvelous work and a wonder. That's what God's going to do in the church, in the remnant church. He's going to do a marvelous work and a wonder in your family. You have to believe. So it's real important what you're listening to in this hour. Now, what I'd like to do. I want to, I'm going to give you four types of miracles. There's four types of miracles in the New Testament. And you think, how could there be four types of miracle? A miracle is a miracle. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah, it's hard to believe God can do something greater than just a, an ordinary miracle, but he can. Amen? And I'm reading a book now. It's a diary of signs and wonders by uh, Maria Woodworth Edder. She was a, right on the front lines as a woman in, in the late 19th century into the first part of the 20th century. Miracles. And I think she had eight, eight kids. Um, I think she lost seven. Um, her husband didn't want her to go and pursue the ministry because back then women, amen, they, didn't want, they wouldn't allow a woman behind the pulpit. But she obeyed God. And she wrote a book, and it's a book on all the meetings that she did, in the, a lot of them in the Midwest. And so I'm going to take just a few minutes. I want to read to you. This is in her words. and The way they, write, they wrote back then was different. But let's, let me read this to you. They're in Springfield, Illinois. After several other missions, we went to Springfield, Illinois, pitched, pitched our tents. <laughs> not the mobile homes or motor homes, pitched our tents in Oak Ridge Park and commenced a union meeting to build up the temple of our God. We made the call for all ministers and Christian workers to come to help the Lord. Not one of the city preachers responded to the call, except the Lutherans. God bless the Lutherans. Amen. I'm looking at Rich. God bless the Lutherans, my daughter-in-law. And her family, several of whom came to the front. We were not acquainted with one person in the city. The voice of God said, go and I'll be with you. We lived in our tents, hired a cook, paid all expenses, trusting God to provide all needful help. The first few days, the weather was very wet and everything was against us. Although there were but 18 persons present the first night, we shouted victory and told them that God was going to shake the city. The interest increased until there were thousands present. The altar was crowded day by night, day and day and night. They came from different states and and had all parts of the country to be healed of all manner of diseases. They were brought on beds, on the cars, in chairs, on crutches, in cabs, hundreds being healed and converted. There were three that we know of who were brightly converted and died before the meeting closed. A young lady and an old man near nearly 80 years of age, another, an old man, saved at his home on his deathbed. Others were converted at their homes and some in the woods. A little girl was carried into the meetings in her mother's arms. She was as helpless as a babe two days old. She had spinal meningitis, was paralyzed all over. Her brain was impaired. Her head dropped 
on her breast, and she had no use of her back or limbs. She had been sick for six months. For four months, she'd eaten nothing but a little milk. I laid hands on her and commanded the unclean spirits to come out of her. In five minutes, she could sit up straight and raise her arms above her head. In five minutes more, she could talk, rose upon her feet, stepped on the high altar and walked with her mother to the streetcars, went home and could eat anything she wanted. Now, that's a miracle. The next morning, she was the first one up, running from house to house, telling what God had done for her. It shook the whole neighborhood. This child could not exercise faith and did not seem to know what we were doing. Several children were wonderfully healed and also several infants. One little boy was healed of dropsy, stomach and bowel trouble. His clothes could not be buttoned because he was so badly swollen. The swelling went down at once. His mother fastened every button on his vest and clothes of his clothes and stood him on the platform where everyone could see what God had done. The little fellow said in a clear ringing voice that God had made him well. I must say here, wherever we go, God raises up many men and women who make no profession of religion to stand by us. They say if the Bible is true, we are God's children, and they will stand by us for the good we are doing, the people in this life as well as the world to come. Now, that's really remarkable. You know, that's why I tell people, I despise religion, but I love Jesus. Praise God, many of these noble men and women are converted in our meetings. They're made to see that God is living and His Word is true. They yield to Him and receive the gift of God, eternal life. In every meeting, God is raising up and sending out many workers with different gifts. The last two days, or two or three days of the meeting, there were 20 or more ministers present from other places. Now, I bet back in that time for a, a minister, a man to sit in a chair and look at a woman had to be God. That's a miracle in itself. They all came to the front, took part in the battle. She doesn't give the name. She goes, Brother S., a Methodist minister, while working at the altar, fell in a trance. That's funny. I grew up in the Methodist church, and nobody was in a trance. He lay several hours and was carried away as dead. The night we closed the... We close. He told his wonderful vision in a clear ringing voice that could be heard by the multitude. He described the wonderful city of, of, of God with its glorious inhabitants. He saw many that he had known on earth. He described the awful gulf of hell, the condition of those who were there, saw the million going there. No one who heard him talk could doubt that he'd seen all that he had told them. Many, <clears throat> many were struck down. Now, when I mean struck down, that's when the power of God, the Spirit of God comes on you, many people fall down under the power of God. It's just a natural thing. If you, if you, you know, stuck your finger in a light socket, you'd know there's power there. It's no different with God. There's power with God. He's a God of all power. Many were struck down in different parts of the congregation and their homes. Okay, let me see if I can find the other one. While holding our meetings in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, this was in the 1899. They were in Kentucky. My sister, 
Mrs. S. of Columbus, Ohio, visited us. This was the first time she'd ever attended one of my meetings. She'd been a church member for years, a teacher in the Sabbath school, was trying to do all she could but was not saved herself. She was enduring religion. Enduring religion. That's what a lot of people are doing today. Enduring religion. When she went to the meeting, God showed her, showed her herself as he saw her in the light of eternity. She was nothing but a dry bone in his sight. She never had the love of God in her heart. She was converted and went home happy, rejoicing because her name was written in heaven. She erected a family altar and could pray with her unconverted husband. After resting, we continued by holding a camp meeting at Shawnee, Ohio. The Lord was present in power to save souls and heal bodies. I organized a church of God with a large membership. None had ever seen a woman baptized by immersion. I was the first woman on record or ever known to bury, bury the candidates in a watery grave by immersion. God gives strength and grace and glory. Several thousand people. Now, this is what I find interesting. Several thousand people stood on the banks witnessing the solemn scene. Now, you've got to realize they didn't have a microphone in those days. The meetings were conducted day and night. People climbed in the trees trying to see. The Holy Ghost fell like a cyclone. Men and women were tossed like as in a windstorm. They fell inside and outside the house. Now, it's recorded with her that people miles away would fall down under the power of God. The police standing outside were frightened until they were pale. They said they saw the house shaken like as a storm by the power of God. Hundreds were saved. People were convicted for miles around. We went back in three months and held meetings in a large tent. Thousands came to the revival, which began at once. Like Pentecost, they saw, felt, and heard the mighty power of God. Many gifts, signs of the Holy Ghost were seen everywhere. A woman fell, struck down, and lay till evening. Now listen. They took her home, and she lay till the next Sunday, eight days in all. Then she came out shouting and preaching. And without taking any nourishment, she came straight to the meeting and preached and told the wonderful experience which she had had. The, now, this, and this is what you'll hear as I read scriptures here. The fear of God came on the company. And for miles around, they said, we have never seen it in this fashion. Something new. They saw strange things, for God visited his people there. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. It was three months previous to this time that we'd held the first meeting at Shawnee. God blessed the work. They had three organized churches, one in Shawnee and two within a few miles of there. Now, the thing that I read, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man is, should he repent. As he said, shall he not do it, or as he spoken and shall not, shall not make it good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if God could do that in the 19th century, even before that, 
If God could do that at Azusa Street at the turn of the 20th century, if God can do that in the healing revival into the 40s and 50s and 60s and then the charismatic revival, how much more can our God do something miraculous and in the hour in which we're living? But you've got to believe it. You've got to expect it. You have to look for it. You have to come into a church on a Sunday morning, you know, and, and expect God to speak to you. Amen? You have to expect if you need something, if you need a financial miracle, you need a physical miracle, you need to hear a word from God, then you have to get your expectors activated. And a lot of that is just... Just saying, Father, I'm going to church today and I I expect to receive what the preacher says. The Bible says, you have not because you ask not. So whatever you have need of, people, you need to get into this groove of asking God. Ask and you you shall receive. Now, there are four types of miracles. Look at Acts 3. We'll go through these quickly. Acts chapter 3. I want to build into your heart, and I think it's interesting. I get through this series, and and the last part is about miracles. And we're just about to see one of the greatest miracles with this election. Amen? And and so we're going to talk about miracles today and, and, of course, next week, which is one of the, the, the most important miracles. Amen. The first type of miracle is a notable miracle. Say notable miracle. And let me read to you in Acts 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the, to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. What's the next word? Expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God, and all the people, say all the people, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now look at over at verse, um, let's look at verse 13. Well, you know, Peter and them uh, got into trouble. Amen. Remember that? And uh, because of that, they were called in and and told that they shouldn't do this. Uh, Let me find out here if I got the right scripture. 
13, let me read it. It says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined, let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised up from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, say faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, um, look over to chapter 4. Chapter 4. Now, when they, verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained man, that gives hope to all of us, doesn't it? They perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled. They realized that they had what? Oh, boy, there's so much with that. That they'd been with. What, what have we been exalted? What did she talk about? Kathy talk about. It's all about Jesus, spending time with Jesus, being still. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they couldn't say anything about it. But when they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a what? A notable, or in the margin of my Bible, it says remarkable sign. A notable miracle had been done through them. Is evident to all, say all, to dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. A notable miracle is one that comes to the attention of those outside the local congregation. It's what appears on TV. It's what appears on YouTube. Sid Roth, something, you know, it's supernatural. That's what a no- notable miracle is. So that's number one. Now look at Acts 6, 8. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. This is where Stephen is accused of blasphemy and, of course, becomes the first martyr in his stone. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did what? Great wonders and signs among the people. Great wonders and signs. Great miracles. Now, you know, this was not a one-time event. It says wonders, plural, And signs, plural. So evidently in Stephen's ministry, it occurred often. And the interesting thing is this. Stephen was not an apostle. He was not called a prophet. Stephen was just a man full of faith and power that loved God, loved Jesus. And because of that, he experienced the power of God and the people experienced the signs and wonders that flowed to him and through him. Now look at Acts 19. Acts 19, verse 11. Acts 19, verse 11. This is where Paul was at Ephesus. It says this in verse 11, now God worked what? Unusual or special miracles by the hands of Paul 
so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. That's miraculous, isn't it? See, Paul was ministering at Ephesus where people, they were caught up with paganism, idolatry, witchcraft. Gee, it sounds like the hour in which we're living. People would come from all over the Roman Empire to experience the dark supernatural forces. Why do you suppose God chose to perform some of the greatest miracles through Paul here and elsewhere in the book of Acts? Romans 5.20, I'll give you the answer. Now listen. Where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. So where there's great sin... We can expect great miracles. What's going on in this nation right now, folks? Great sin. Yes, we're, we're driving the darkness out. That's what all the prayer that's been going on for all the, the last few months. And light will prevail. But where there is great sin, God's grace is greater. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. Wow. Now, just let that soak in. Because right now, if you look at what's going on, it seems very dark. Guess what's coming? Great light. Great deliverance. Great victory. The greater the sin, the greater the need for a Savior. A better rendering of special miracles would be this. Mighty, exceptional, out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary deeds. Now, this is interesting. It it talks about Paul working or wrought these special miracles. The word wrought or worked in the Greek is P-O-I-E-O. Now, listen. Which suggests creative miracles. What's a creative miracle, preacher? A creative miracle is if you walk in here with missing an arm, you walk out with that arm. If you're missing a leg or a body part, you walk out with that body. Now that's, would you say that's special? I don't know if I want to come to this church. Well, you would if you were bald. Zach's just looking at me. You know. I sure get, I'm sure glad Zach knew me a long time ago. He loves me because I'm pick on him. You've got to expect it, though. We don't expect miracles enough. You might meet, have children or grandchildren that are just lost and backslid and need to come back to God. Well, God can work a miracle. Listen, if he can part the Red Sea... You suppose he could work in, in the life of your loved one? The problem, problem is usually it's your mouth. It's your mouth. Because one time you're, you're with God and one time you're talking against God. Oh, he'll never come back. He'll never come back. Well, you just negated everything you were believing God for. <clears throat> Exciting things. You go on and, and read in, in uh, this, after this verse. 
let me pick up in 12. It says that, well, they brought the handkerchiefs. Look at verse 13. It says, and some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Now, listen, because I think this is another whole thing. We go on a rabbit trail, but we don't have time. It says, and what fell? Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now, many times in the scripture where you read the fear of God fell upon a congregation or upon a group of people, there were a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles. So what do we need? We need the fear of the Lord. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. See, they were involved in witchcraft. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Now listen. So the word of the Lord grew and mightily and prevailed. Amen. Then the last one, you can look at look it up yourself. It's in Hebrews 2, 4. It's diverse miracles are various kinds of miracles that can happen. This church could experience various miracles. We could experience various kinds of healings, various kinds of financial miracles. Okay. But the last thing I want you to look at it, look at this scripture in Mark 16. Last scripture, Mark 16, because this is so important. If you desire a miracle, we as a church, we, we want to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to see people saved and delivered and healed, filled with the Spirit of God, don't we? Well, this is the promise in, in, in Mark 16. I'm still in Acts. And this is the great commission that you'll find in verse 14. It says, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking to us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs and these what? Signs will follow those who doubt. No, those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now, who said that? And I, this is the thing I don't get denominations that say speaking in tongues is of the devil. Then you're calling Jesus Christ a devil. And he certainly is not a devil. He's the son of God. We've got to be careful. If you don't understand something in scripture, then find somebody to help explain it to you. They will take up serpents. Now, here we go. There's another whole rabbit trail. I've seen documentary, documentary, documentaries, how do you say it? That, just what you said. 
about handling snakes in the Appalachian Mountains. And I've seen the services where, God, I hate snakes. Dear Lord. Oh, my God. I wouldn't want to do it. And they're handling these poisonous snakes, dancing around, thinking the, then the, the Holy Ghost comes on them and it won't bite them. And no, brother. What is that? Stupid. It, it, when, this is in reference, in those days and times, there were poisonous snakes. And if you weren't careful, you'd get bit. Well, it's just saying you take up servants. If you're going to get bit, the poison's not going to kill you. Remember Paul on the island of Malta shook off the snake and he wasn't, he didn't fall over dead? That's what we're talking about. This is if they drink any de- deadly thing. My God, back then, can you imagine the food conditions? I'm, we're fussy and obsessive enough as it is. Well, you missionaries need to believe God. There's times that they've had miracles where they've eaten what the natives give them and they didn't drop over dead from food poisoning. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the Great Commission. That's for you and I today. But I want you to see what is so important. It says... And these signs will follow those who believe. I want you to see, if you preach the word, signs, wonders, and miracles follow preaching the word. Matthew 9.35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching, say teaching, teaching in their synagogues, preaching, say preaching, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing, say healing, Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Where's the healing come in those three things? Teaching the word, preaching the word, and then comes the miracles. Amen. And everyone said he's done. Amen. Would you put this up, please? Let's stand to our feet today. I I think it's really important we make some declarations. Boy, I tell you what, if you're not stirred up by what's going on in this nation right now, there's something wrong with you. If you can't see the hand of God moving in our nation right now, I'll pray for you. Amen. Let's say this together. I believe, Father, that you are a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe you are a God of notable miracles, great miracles, special miracles, and diverse miracles. I decree that God's miracle working power is flowing in my church and family, and I expect to experience miracles in the days ahead. Father, I believe you want to do unusual miracles in the lives of these who need them. We ask that the time for spare special miracles would manifest in this season. Help us create the environment for them so that you will be glorified. I believe you are performing miracles in this election and showing your light on all fraud and deceit. Amen. 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 Now. Is there anybody today needs prayer for your physical body? Because we believe in healing. We can lay hands on the sick. Are we all healthy? Amen. Are we all wealthy? Amen. Are we all wise? We better get that way. I'm so glad you...
it just does my heart good. It just thrills me when I see you walk through the door on a Sunday morning. And I, it's so important. And uh, those of you that drive from out of town, God bless you. Amen. Know that this is a church you're safe. This is a church that you'll hear the truth. You might not sometimes want to hear the truth. But it's the truth that sets you free. Say to your neighbor, you're blessed. Let's eat. God bless you. Yes.